Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Well, why did they put the feet in the water? Because God had instructed them to put their feet in the water. You see, faith is no good unless it's acted upon. If God tells you to do something, it's no good for you to go, well, I believe that. If you believe it, you have to act on it. So God said, when they go in there, the minute they put their feet in the water, all of a sudden, the water is going to stop. And they're going to have a path that they can go through. God requires you and I to do the same thing. God is always pushing those who follow him to follow him more deeply. You know that the desired mode for people is coast mode, where your life's just flowing along with no bumps or bruises. The Israelites were no different from you. They'd have preferred a cushy life with no troubles. But as Pastor Mark will be teaching today, that cushy life wouldn't get them into the land that God had promised them. So they had to get out of their comfort zone and trust God just like you have to do to get to where God wants you to be. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he begins his message, Faith in the Peaks and Valleys. Hebrews 11. In our lives, following Jesus Christ as well as a person that doesn't follow Christ, it's not a static kind of life. There's times when we're on the mountaintops. Everything is incredible. Couldn't be any better. And then there's other times that, well, it's very difficult for us. Some of you in this room, on the mountaintop. It's been an incredible week. You traded your car that got six miles a gallon for one that got 30. And you're praising God all day long. Some of you can't get rid of the one that gets six. Gas just went to 350, and you're trying to figure out whether you should eat or buy gas. You're in a valley. It's a difficult time. Well, Jesus, with his three disciples, had the same kind of situation. Keep your finger right at Hebrews 11. Turn back to Mark, if you will. You remember the story. Mark chapter 9. Jesus had just been on the mountaintop with three of his disciples. They'd experienced things, well, they never imagined they would experience. They got to see the supernatural a snapshot of what heaven was. You remember, Peter didn't even want to come down. Let's just build something here on the mountain, a retreat center. Maybe that's how retreat centers got started with a mountain. He wanted to come there, but 
Jesus said, no, we're going down in the valley. Well, they left that incredible time when God ministered to them. Down in verse 14, we see them coming down into the valley where really most of life is lived. When they came down to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing about with them? He asked, a man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes at the teeth, becomes rigid. Now I ask your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You see, this father with his son had been in the valley probably his whole life. It didn't take long for the glory of the mountaintop to change instantly. That's what happens in our lives. Today it's incredible. Tomorrow, bang. And as soon as they hit the valley, they're faced with a world of hurt. First thing you can write today is just a reminder to you. And it shouldn't be negative. It's just a realistic picture of what life is about. Real life is lived on the mountaintops and in the valleys of life. There's not a person in this room that for the rest of your life won't have these kind of experiences. That's just what life is. Now, in our study, as we've been talking, these Jewish converts, probably in Italy, maybe Rome, they're in a valley. They're thinking... It's time to give up. They're, well, they're thinking of going back to Judaism. Then they won't be persecuted for this newfound faith in Jesus Christ. Well, the writer of the Hebrews says, hang in there. It's okay. There's going to be a mountaintop again. You're going to be able to come through this. Don't give up too soon. So, as you turn back to the book of Hebrews... The writer first, and I think it's a good thing for you if you're a person that's a manager and you do reviews, it's good to give good points first and then save a few of the little work points to later and then end with a good thing. That's actually what you're going to see as this writer talks to these people. Remember, we're talking to people that are just like you. They're a few thousand years ago, but they're just like you. They've experienced some good times. They've experienced some difficult times. They're in the difficult times right now. Probably more difficult than you and I have ever really experienced. Their lives, some of them, are right on the line. Well, the next thing you're going to see is the writer talks about faith in these people. Faith to believe God on the mountaintops. In other words, they're believing they have enough faith to be delivered. Well, that sounds exciting, doesn't it? Faith to be delivered. I like that. But you're going to see another one when we get toward the end. Faith not to be delivered. Pastor Mark, can we just stop the teaching short? I don't want to listen to that part. No, we have to have faith in both. Look at verse 32. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle, 
and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Now you'll see in verse 35 in a moment when we get there that that verse is a transition. But the first part, verse 32 through the first part of verse 35, are examples in the Old Testament of actual people who went through, by faith, difficult times and really lived on the mountaintop. Now, Joshua and David, well, they were military leaders. Well, they had valleys, but they conquered kingdoms. They had faith to be delivered. Some of Israel's kings, though certainly not perfect, ruled with justice, as you see in these verses. They ruled with justice. Solomon, Asa, Joash, Hezekiah. God made promises to some of these people, and some of the people saw the promises. In other words, God said, this is going to happen. Some of these people saw it happen. They didn't see everything happen, but faith is simply believing what God has said would happen. What about if we don't see it happen? Well, we're going to see this, but some of these people saw some of the things God promised actually happen. Turn back with me, if you will. Keep your finger in Hebrews. We'll be back. Old Testament, Joshua chapter 3. God had spoken to the children of Israel way back, Abraham and then Moses and finally Joshua, I'm leading you to the promised land. Well, Abraham never saw it in the context that we see it now. He saw it early on. Then, of course, those 70 people eventually, relatives, headed off to Egypt. Moses got near. He saw it from a mountaintop, but he never got to put his feet in it. But Joshua is going to see this. He's going to experience what God promised. Faith. He believed God. Look down in verse 8, Joshua 3. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. And Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. By the way, do you know that's what we're doing? Why are you here? You're here because the book of Hebrews says, Don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves. Well, we're here to make friends, to encourage one another, to worship. But notice why you're here. Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. That's why you're here. doesn't matter who's standing here. We're here to hear the words of the Lord. Now, this is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you all these West Melbourneites and all these other people. Now, verse 11. See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, as soon as they set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So now when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. 
Yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan, they stopped and they were afraid to put their feet in the water. Is that what it says? Well, why did they put their feet in the water? Because God had instructed them to put their feet in the water. You see, faith is no good unless it's acted upon. If God tells you to do something, it's no good for you to go, well, I believe that. If you believe it, you have to act on it. So God said, when they go in there, the minute they put their feet in the water, all of a sudden, the water is going to stop. And they're going to have a path that they can go through. God requires you and I to do the same thing. Wouldn't it be nice to wake up in the morning, you were these priests, you're here, you have the ark, you're getting ready, you get close to the Jordan, and it just opens up. You didn't have to take a step of faith, you didn't have to do anything, it just opens up. Well, God doesn't work that way. He wants us to take a step of faith. Well, Pastor Mark, what if I take a step of faith that doesn't happen? Well, you either believe God, you don't believe God. So they take this step of faith, notice, when they reached it, their feet touched the water's edge. The water, verse 16, from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap in a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jordan. There had always been a promise that the children of Israel would be in the promised land. Here they are. They've made it. Some of the promises God made, some of the people got to see them. Moses never got to walk in. He knew the promise, but he didn't get to see it. Well, look at chapter 4. Scoot on down to verse 15. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priest carrying the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priest, Come up out of the Jordan. And the priest came up out of the river, carrying the ark of the covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet on the dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. Now, what if one of the priests said, I'm not coming out? What would happen to him? He better be a good swimmer. Is that right? Understand, sometimes when we read scripture, we don't put this through our mind. God's timing is very important. You see, God said to Joshua, tell him to come out now. Well, I don't want to come out now. No, come out now. God knows the timing. They all obeyed. And when they did that, guess what happened? All of a sudden, the waters came back. It was at flood state time. Look at verse 23. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan just what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all, this is very important, all the peoples of the earth, not just Israel, might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means this. When God does things for us, that testimony of the change in my life 
in your life, the miracle, the healing, the getting us through the difficult time, should be a testimony for the whole world. You need to be opening your mouths and tell of the goodness of God. Being in Beijing, no Christian radio, no Christian television, Many of the websites that we watch on the internet are blocked in China. Can't get to them. I have one site that I go to some often just to have all the translations of about 30 Bibles. I go to it. And I use it once in a while to pick out a certain passage. Can't even get to it in China. All blocked. Then how are there estimates today? A hundred million new Christians in China. How are they there? People are doing what? They're opening their mouths. I went to a place of business for the individual that works actually here. He's coming back, he and his wife, Robert and Arba. Well, I went to their place of business, and this gal who works for him in the office, Chinese, she begged me to come and teach them the Word of God. They're starving for the Word of God because they have no other resource. But when they open their mouths and tell what God does, it just explodes. People are looking. We here in the United States, because you can turn, how many of you have your radio plugged in in your car to five or six Christian stations? How many have it? Here you are. The Chinese have no idea what you're even talking about. They have none, zero. After the service, you can go and pick out book after book after book after book in the bookstore. See, we take it for granted, so we stop talking. We say, if somebody wants to find out, they'll ask us. No, we need to be aggressive. We need to be open. We need to have a heart for the lost and say, God, you open up a door for us. We'd love to walk through it. Well, this is exactly what happened. God didn't do that just so the Israelites would know he was God, that the whole world would know he was God. Now back to Hebrews, where you were, verse 33. Who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Now, why is this writer giving these Old Testament stories? Why is he condensing it here? Well, he's doing that to encourage these people who are in a valley. And he talks about all of these things being done by faith. And you know, Daniel received the promise of God's protection, and he refused to stop praying by faith. As a result, where does he get thrown? In the lion's den. Daniel had a mountaintop experience while he was in the lion's den. Can you imagine that? Why? Because the mouths of the lions were shut by God. Now, how did that happen? It happened by faith. He didn't panic. By faith, the three Hebrew children overcame the power of a fiery furnace. Why? Jesus entered in, was with them, protected them in the fire. They had a mountaintop experience in the middle of a fire. They walked out unharmed. No smoke sent even on them. See, they were on a mountaintop experience, and yet they were almost in a valley. But they came out victorious. One reason, faith. They believed it. And they said, do you remember what they said? If we perish, we perish. But we're going to obey God. Now that's by faith. That's the kind of faith we need. 
You remember this story in the Old Testament? I'll read it to you. Remember, it says in verse 35, women received back their dead, raised to life again. Mountaintop experience, valley experience, back and forth. Let me read it to you in 1 Kings 17. Sometime later, the son of a woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. Well, she said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. And he took him from her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying. And he laid him on the bed. Then he cried out to God, O Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy upon this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Notice, even great prophets have questions. Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry. The boy's life returned to him and he lived. Elijah picked up the child, carried him down from the room to the house, gave him to the mother and said, Look, your son is alive. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is truth. You see, Elijah saw miracle after miracle in this woman's house. Then all of a sudden, a valley experience. The son dies. The woman looks and says, It's got to be because I'm not a believer. She's a pagan. She's a Gentile. It's got to be that your God is angry at me. Why did you come to this house? Elijah's trying to figure out how it works. But by faith, he went up. He took the boy up by faith. He'd never done that before. He'd never taken a dead boy and laid on him three times and prayed. But he did it by faith. Faith to be delivered. The young man came to life. That Valley experience turned to a mountaintop. Well, look at Hebrews 11.35. Let's look at the transition. This is a tough transition. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Now that's mountaintop. Others. Here's the transition in the whole paragraph. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Now, would you like to be the first half of verse 35 or the second half? I'll take first. How about you? But notice, these are the same believers in God Jehovah. So this is a transition verse right in the middle. The next thing I want you to write is here. There's not a lot to write, but very important you see this. On the mountaintop, we have faith to be delivered. In the valleys... We need faith not to be delivered. That's hard. I need to learn to be able to say to God, I'm going to persevere. No matter what the outcome is, I'm going to persevere. With your strength, I can go through this. With your strength. You say, Pastor Mark, why don't you just stop there? Let's do the first part again and talk about God delivers us every time. Well, sometimes he doesn't deliver us. Sometimes we have to go through difficult things. But God has to learn to be trusted in those times as well. It's a transition verse. Not all men and women of faith experience miraculous delivery. Guys, you need to see this. In a moment, I'm going to talk about some people that will say different to this. In his teaching today, Pastor Mark reminded you that everyone, saved and unsaved, 
goes through highs and lows in their lives. The people the book of Hebrews was written to were going through a serious valley. You found out that the book was written to remind them that Jesus was there even in the worst of times and that they needed to trust him to pull him through. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Faith in the Peaks and Valleys. You'll hear more about how God delivered Israel from the Egyptians and guided them through the desert to the Promised Land. Pastor Mark will teach about the difference between having said faith and lived out faith. You'll find out how you can have God working in your life in a greater way. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Hebrews. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting